Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This song is literally fire. This week on the Story Song Podcast. I hear the tale Everybody, welcome back to the Story Song Podcast. I'm Dan McInerney. I'm Rachel Oaks. And I'm Michael Cazell. Every episode on this show, we walk you through the world of a story song. And this week, we're talking about Smoke on the Water by Deep Purple. Mm-hmm. And this is, uh, is this our first song that's like completely based on a true story? Because this is a true yeah. story. I mean, yeah. I mean, we'll no. get into it, but. We did Garden Party. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay okay that's fair i mean and then also i mean obviously the night delights out in georgia which is 100 percent true of which course. is uh, a true story true. yeah uh hashtag bring mickey lawrence to justice um <laughs> as i said it's about time uh yeah no this time's is, up biggie yeah this um this this song is um literal that's all no subtext yeah. That's the thing, Michael. There, I mean, That's there's it. no like. He, oh yeah, she yeah. Brought a whale or no? Right, what right, was right. it? No. Uh, 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 why can't I think of what it is? He, the walrus. He, she's like. Oh yeah. yes. They, he brought a walrus to the party. Um, to this be is literally fair, just like what all happened? of that was really right. thinly veiled. So. Yeah. Oh, no, oh, no I'm not saying. Don't get me wrong. It's not like anyone was but, confused by what was going on. I'm but just saying. No veil here at all, Michael. Yeah, yeah. No. This song, they're just saying say what happened. Yeah. Um. The other thing I would say, we were talking right before we started recording. I always thought I knew the story of the song because I knew, you know, uh, vaguely what the idea was, and, and they mentioned real people. So I, 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 I was always under the impression, this is in this song, that the Deep Purple did a concert with mm-hmm. the Mother's Invention, and the concert hall they were at burned down, mm-hmm. um, and that's what it's about. It seems like I may actually that that maybe not true or at least it's, it's kind of it, right it's in the realm it's in the realm but yeah. i just now look That's well like this is what's great up. about this is what's great about this show right. uh for me personally is that tonight was the first time i ever actually looked at the lyrics and i was just like oh this isn't quite what i <laughs> this isn't quite what i thought right. at all um so the other thing is that i mean i don't know if we want to talk about this at the top but i think this is one of the few times where like I think the music mm-hmm. outweighs the lyrics on this yeah. one. This yeah. is this is the this is the riff that every uh crappy guitar player uh First has learns. tried to master. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. This is the song every that guy, if you yeah. if you play it low enough, you assume that you're walking past somebody trying to learn guitar. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I mean, like, I where, mean where's that coming from? Oh, no, no, it's the start. It, this is this is the recording. Yeah, it's one of the most famous riffs in rock history. Uh, I mean, it's it's classic beyond classic. Yeah, it's fine. 
Well, I wonder, <laughs> I wonder if you could like, you know, go back in time and just as they were writing this song, just be like, just so you know, the riff that you just came up with is awesome. But second only to Stairway to Heaven, this riff <laughs> will be played poorly the most yeah. of any riff in history. Like, Get this ready. riff will yeah. be will be butchered <laughs> across yeah. the world for decades to come. You should just know what you're unleashing onto the world. Get ready That's for all. A, get ready for a bunch of teenagers with ripped <laughs> denim jackets to butcher your work. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like a really um, like not quite on tempo, but like close enough where it's yeah, like yeah. they almost got there. They're almost there, right. but they're not quite uh-huh. there. It's going to be played at talent show after talent show. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. The funny thing is, it was written for tuba. Yeah. <laughs> now that people know that. It's great on tuba. It's fantastic. It's I'm the sure. way it's meant to be heard. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that has definitely happened at uh, a high school marching band near you. <laughs> yes. Yep. Has done this song. Oh, yes. At one yes. point or another. There is a good chance that... We did this in marching band. <laughs> See? Which, P.S., I played two before. So There you go. You may have played this on <laughs> Might have played Smoke on the Water. In in its intended form. Yes, which of course. Is, which is good. We all came out There's a lot of like actual names and stuff put in here. So Rachel did the research on this. I'm going to be asking her uh, what these things might mean. Um, just because it's a little hard to talk about it without the actual things. Yeah. Um, hopefully that doesn't get boring. Let's see what happens. Now, do you want me to tell the story? <laughs> it's of an the experiment. S- do you want me to tell the story of the song or? I would say, f- I would say feel not? it out. Because it's, l- it's literal. Usually we tell the, l- the story of the song up front, but maybe right. not. I mean, if you want to, yeah. Why don't we? Why don't you go through and and tell us the story of the story song? Is there sure. like a quick overview? Yeah, I mean, Deep Purple is in Switzerland, and there's a concert going on, and somebody does something stupid, and they burn down the place where the concert is taking place, and because of this, Deep Purple has to find another place to record. And oh no, what mm-hmm. are they going to do? But good news, guys, they find a place and they record Smoke on the Water. Yes. <laughs> All right, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's almost like a um it's almost like a time paradox, and I say almost. Mm-hmm. But they were going to record the album, and if someone hadn't burned it down, then they wouldn't have written Smoke on the Water, right? right? Which right. became their most famous song. Yes. Yeah. So it was really turning lemons into lemonade. That's right. Uh, 
in this case. So, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, you don't hear a lot of arguments in favor of arson, but I guess <laughs> mm-hmm. that's one. Mm-hmm. There you go. That's why. You, that's why you come to the show, baby. <laughs> that's right. You come to the show. <laughs> so let's start here at the top. Um, and he says we all came out to Montro on the Lake Geneva shoreline to make records with a mobile. We didn't have much time. Hmm. Okay. So Montreux is a city in Switzerland. Yes. Okay. Um, Lake Geneva is in Switzerland. <laughs> That's right. Hold on, hold on. Bit by bit. Whoa, Go whoa, ahead. whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's not rush it. Let's not rush it. Let's rush it. So when a lakes would have a shoreline. Okay. <laughs> so. I think Montreux is actually a, a pretty big music city. I think Queen recorded a bunch of stuff yes there. that's right michael yeah well um that's true there's actually a um a freddie mercury uh statue in montreux um there's a big like, yeah if you look uh, at the um cover of the maiden heaven album i think that's yeah that statue yeah uh so montreux yeah very big music uh music place um mm-hmm. can i say something whenever bands and i know that everybody has a deadline Whenever mm-hmm. bands are like, we needed to record something and we didn't have much time to do it. I'm always like, <laughs> <Right>. why? <laughs> That's what I was going to ask. Why are they what? up against it? Yeah. What's happening? That they, I mean, I guess is that the thing where like the record company is just like, we need yeah. the album. Yeah. Let's go. It it's, in it's in their contract. You have Don't, to. Right. Yeah. The, the, al- the record the has to be out by September. Ugh. Right. What a pain. That's, right. when, but that's it, when, the, when the suits get you. Well, that's, and then it's like, rush but, the thi- but the thing is, you want to be like, but record, like, what if the album came out two months late? Who cares? What is it? What, what does it matter? Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, like, then it's it's if it's released on the same day as like Adele's new album, it's a whole. That's thing. true, right? Yeah, right. right. That's right. she would be furious. I guess. It, yep. I guess that's. Some- <laughs> yep. Yep. Because she's the one <laughs> yeah. who's not going to number one. <laughs> right. 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 Um, right. I mean, I'm I guess from their perspective, I guess it throws off the whole schedule, right? There's yeah. a certain time that the album is supposed to come out, and so they're up against it. But again, you know, I it just it seems arbitrary, right? right? And also, here's the other thing, and I'm going to say this for Deep Purple: time management. Guys, why are you running out of time? Why are you always running out of time? Why do you have right? to wait until the last minute to start on your new record? That's you know what, what I'm you saying. do? You, you start a bullet journal. That'll mm-hmm. help you really mm-hmm. maintain your time management. You know, you put your most important things up top, and then you write figure album. out and bullet it down. Write album. And then record album. <laughs> so Take a nap. Do, do a little bit. But here's the thing. But here's the thing. Do a little bit at a time. Just right? a little yeah. bit. Then it adds up. Because here's like one day you write, Dun dun dun, <laughs> and then the next day you write dun 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 dun, and then but next thing you know, you got a whole song. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You don't have to yeah. wait to the end and do it all at once. Then you get right? the music tracks down. Wait yeah, for right. somebody to set an arena on fire. <laughs> sure. Then you write the lyrics. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Just proper time management. You do yeah. what you can do until somebody burns something down. Then you yeah. do right. the rest. Or Again, to the arsonists out there, don't burn down a whole building all at once. Just like burn one room a day. And before you <laughs> yeah, know God. it, there you go. You'll have burned down the whole building. 
right? Sunny. Just do a little bit at a time. That's right. Um, okay. So they're in Switzerland. They go out to Montreux. Um, Lake Geneva has a shoreline. Um, this is to let you later when they say smoke on the water, you're like, oh, they mentioned the, that they're on the shoreline, of course. Um, to make records with a mobile. So they have a they have a mobile recording unit. Yes, that is what right. Uh, no, no, they're they're time travelers okay. and they're recording <laughs> it on a mobile phone. Well, what's funny is that now because now from the future we are deep purple. They, <laughs> right now you could record an entire album with a laptop because people do that yeah. in their bedrooms but then you had to bring this you know it was a mobile recording thing but of course it was like the size of like you know a den couch that you had to like carry or it's just that you didn't want like didn't have to bring like an entire studio but it was still this giant thing with like reel-to-reel tape Damn, recorders and more such than on. that yeah. it was a it was a mobile, um, it was a truck. It was a truck, okay. It was a truck, right. yeah. So they, it was a so whole basically, recording, like mobile recording, right. like truck. So they had a recording studio in the back of a, of a truck. Yeah, yeah, now you could do okay. it like on your phone. Right. At the time you needed Univac. Sure. <laughs> that's right. It's a computer the size of a house. Yes, mm-hmm. that's right, mm-hmm. that's right. Mm-hmm. I mean, but it's not a computer. You know, it's a reel-to-reel tape, and one one reel is in the truck. The other reel is <laughs> is back home in the U.S. Like right. it's a it's a big reel. Big so, reel. and all of this, this was again like in the seventies. You have a giant truck that you're driving around, right? That you have to record on, and then like cut the tape with a razor blade yeah. and like tape it back together. Right. Yep. And if you want to do like auto, like overdubs, you have to like record it onto a tape and then play it back and then do it again and then play it back and do it again. And through all of that, driving around a giant truck, doing all of this work, they were like, man, this is convenient. Huh? This really, (laughs) look at this. It really saves us some time and we can take this on the road. This is incredible. Yeah. And if you listen closely to the other songs that were recorded, uh, in that mobile studio, you can hear um, the the intercom at the McDonald's because they mm. were actually recording driving through the drive-thru. Yes. Right. Yeah. Little known fact. Little known fact. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, a, people don't know, a, a hidden track on this album is the song Convoy. It was just recorded... <laughs> From the CB radio that was in the truck, they just someone just left the tape running, and that just happened on the CB radio. Yeah, so that's right. That's a little. That's again a little known fact. Little known because that is entirely made up and doesn't even make sense. <laughs> um, so we didn't have much time, right? Because you know, once again, they're they're running around like time college freshmen who have yet to figure out um how to do this. Uh, so. Here's my first question, Rachel, mm-hmm. and maybe Kelly. So, was the idea that they were go they were just there to record, or were they doing a concert that they were going to like record uh, live, or what was the deal? No, they were recording in. So, as as far as I could find, Montro is had like a like a entertainment complex, and okay. so the there was a concert happening, but they were not playing the concert. They were recording. They ca- they went to Montro. Uh, to record. To record. So they right. were not, Wait, they were making they, bootlegs of this concert. 
they were making bootlegs. Is Deep this, Purple right. went there, like, like. Is this uh, rerun like at the rerun. Doobie Brothers concert? Is that what's <laughs> like happening? Rerun. Deep Purple was making bootlegs of a Frank Zappa <laughs> concert. Yes. Yep. Yes. Okay. No, they just happen. I mean, as Michael said, the, uh, Montreal was a big music city, and so they came to record. Frank Zappa was playing at the, uh, I believe, the casino, uh, the Montreal Casino. And okay. They just happened to be in the neighborhood. So, so they, they went so, to the concert. They were not at the concert. No. Oh. So they were just. So wait, where were they? They were recording like next to the. They were like in, I guess the the hotel or like the, the parking or the complex lot? connected ne- connected to the to the. Um. So they were just there. There was a yeah. concert happening. Right. And then, unrelated to that, they were also just there making their album. Yes. In a truck. Okay. Yes. That seems odd, but what I'm I like about lying. <laughs> oh no no no! I'm not. I that was not what I was implying at all. What I was going to say was that seems odd in a way that seems true. <laughs> you know what yes, I mean? Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, it it seems too complicated and messy for for something you would make up. Well, I'm sorry. So right. Like, well, that must be true because why why would you be recording your album next to a concert that you're not at? That seems too odd. This sounds to, like a, to, again, this sounds like an episode. It sounds like an episode of Monk, and Dan is trying to figure out how Deep Purple <laughs> is are arsonists. Yeah, like that they started this fire because they had an idea for Smoke on the Water, but they wanted to make sure that it was <laughs> true to life. Oh and my so god. You just blew. I didn't had not <laughs> consider that that theory. It's of n- course don't. they of course they set the fire. Hashtag bring deep purple to justice. <laughs> when will this happen? You guys, this is I our just, cereal. I just <laughs> thought of this five seconds ago and I am enraged that they are not in jail. How does every podcast turn into a true crime <laughs> podcast? How does it inevitable? Happen? There's just something about this format that causes people to want to solve crimes. That's right. In Um, 1973, a group of musicians was bootlegging a Frank Zappa concert. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Later, there was a fire. What happened next? (laughs) We'll find out right after this. Uh, This is a call from a mobile record recording studio. Um, (laughs) So, okay. So they're there, they're recording um, in a truck, and there's a Frank Zappa and the Mothers concert, yes. and the Mothers of Invention concert happening next door, right? Yes. So they say Frank Zappa, Frank Zappa and the Mothers were at the best place around. So that's the concert hall in this casino yes. in Switzerland. Okay. Uh, should we mention... Everyone knows who Frank Zappa is, right? At least, more or less. I hope so. Okay. I mean, he's not as famous as Dweezil, but <laughs> for the most part, my second Dweezil reference in yep. this many episodes. Um, so, so second Frank Zappa and the of mothers. many. <laughs> We're at the best place around. Uh, but some stupid with a flare gun burned the place to the ground. Um, I, you know, is, yeah. is, that, is that stupid's name... First name deep, last name purple, maybe. <laughs> we don't know. But yeah. I do like the school, like the school kid thing of but some stupid with a flare gun. Ugh. Just ruin our concert. Burn the right. place to the ground. Way to go stupid. But, it, but again, what's funny is that <laughs> they're not at the concert. So they would just be yeah. like, 
in the truck being like, you guys, you guys smell something? What, what, what is that? Yeah. Um, and meanwhile, the casino is burning down next to them. Mm-hmm. Later on, I mean- a stupid found a flare gun. Where'd he get the flare gun? <laughs> Nobody really knows. Yeah. <laughs> um, More after this. Yeah. In some ways, the flare gun is a metaphor for life. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, except it's uh, not a metaphor at all. It's an actual flare gun. It's and, an actual uh, flare gun. Yeah. And it did burn the place to the ground. This is the tough thing about when I was bringing us this song. Part of me was like, how do we do this? Because this is literally what happened. Right. <laughs> Usually we try and figure out what happened or what's happening in the story, but this is literally what happened. Right. Or else we make up a bunch of stuff. Right. We can't. That we pretend is in the song, even though it's not. But I mean, none of that happened because this was an actual incident. Did they, did they ever figure out who, who actually fired this flare gun? Uh, yes. Or why someone had a flare gun at a concert? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Was someone arrested? Yeah, great a question. A stupid. His name is A. Were they Swiss? <laughs> stupid. I don't, I don't need the actual. A stupid. The actual yeah, they figured out who answer. did it. They figured out who did it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Was it, it was a Tom Arnold? It was stupid. It was Tom Arnold. <laughs> In a it reference was... to his movie, The Stupid. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> that, of course, totally landed because oh, everyone man. remembers that movie. <laughs> what? Was was this an indoor venue? Yes, it was an indoor venue. So he had a flare gun uh, inside. The, the, the biggest problem for me, honestly, is it's 1973. So I understand. The, the thing that I can't wrap my head around is that a Swiss person did this. You know what I'm saying? If it was... If, in, fairness, if it this, was in fairness, it was 71. So... Right, okay, right. It was it was released in 73. Yeah. Okay, it happened in 71. But still, like, if this happened in, you know, I'm just going to throw a place out totally at random Alabama, then I could understand why someone perhaps is firing a flare gun inside of a building. Listen. But why is, why is that happening in Switzerland? So, listen, uh, you're thinking too much into it. Some okay. stupid with a flare gun is all you need mm-hmm. to know. It doesn't go <laughs> right. deeper than that. This wasn't right, a political right. statement. This was a stupid guy with a flare gun who shot it <laughs> I don't understand that. Who shot it guess and I thought just, it would be funny. I guess I just have more respect for the Swiss than <laughs> perhaps I should. That's all I'm saying. In fairness, I'm pretty sure the guy who did it was not actually Swiss. Okay, that's, okay that makes Make sense. Make you feel better? That makes sense. Okay. That makes me feel a lot better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, okay. So the, he burns the place to the ground with the flare gun. And then they say, smoke on the water, a fire in the sky. Smoke on the water. Dun, 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 dun. The flames are reaching to the sky. <laughs> dun, 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 the dun, smoke dun. is floating over Lake Geneva. water. Yes. Lake Geneva. Uh, as the place burns down. I can't. I don't really have much more to say than that. But this is what, that's what happened. That's I mean, what that's, happened. That's all <laughs> the you need to know. Down. I mean, this... and that's and it and if a casino burned down, you would see both flames and smoke. Uh, so yeah. I mean, and at if... this point, we're we're really we're we're more um talking about the journalistic integrity of Deep Purple <laughs> at this yes. point. Yeah, we're... they're getting yeah. the five W's down. That's right, which is good. Yeah, yeah. We're 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 like looking at them as if they're an AP release. <laughs> I mean, I assume this song run a, won a Pulitzer. Yeah. Right for yeah for investigative yeah. reporting. 
with, with the identification of a stupid. <laughs> So they burned down the gambling house. Mm-hmm. Now that makes it sound like th- it, it, someone did it on purpose. Like, yes. That there were multiple people involved. Yes. Or like there was like a mob <laughs> of people that burned down a gambling house. Yes. When they say they, they mean one person and also it was an accident. They mean so- stupid. They, wanted, they didn't want to <laughs> say stupid again, so they just said they. They. That is, see, this is the part where I was like, well, what was it? Like they burned down the gambling house. Like, like you said, was it a mob? And then you go back and right. you're like, no, it was not a mob. It was not, they weren't like Swiss people with like torches and pitchforks that were upset that Frank Zappa was playing. It was one guy. Right. right. Who did it? it? They guy. did it. It wasn't me. They but did it, it. It's also to, if I can for just a moment, completely betray the very premise of our podcast. This is one of those <laughs> things do. that like, well, when it's like on the radio, it sounds awesome, right? And you're like, yeah, they burned down the gambling house. Those those <laughs> bastards, you know. But then when you when you look at actually lyrics, you're like, what are they talking about? But <laughs> it kind of doesn't matter because it's right. sort of like, in a in a visceral sense, it all makes sense, even if logically it doesn't actually make sense. Sure. Does that make sense? Makes sense. It's yes. just like when they say they burned down the gambling house, they just mean like the man, yeah, right? Yeah. Like they're all the man's always up right. to something. He's always burning something down. Yeah. Um, and a gambling so that, house a, is a, a house of right. vice. Come on. Sure. In a, in a metaphorical fire. Exactly. Right. That Except was also a real fire no. that happened. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Um, so they burned down the gambling house. It died with an awful sound. Funky Claude was running in and out, pulling kids out the ground. Okay. Now- Two things reading these lyrics, uh, again, this evening before we started recording, that I was like, I've heard this song a thousand times. How did it never occur to me to ask, who's Funky Claude? <laughs> Who is that? Is that is he in Who Deep is Purple? Guy? Is he a member of the Mothers of Invention? Is he just some random guy? <laughs> do you Wait, do you want me to tell you now? You don't have to tell me. I mean, first of all, I, it just funky- sounds like a lesser Muppet. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am picturing the guy from uh, Doctor Teeth. What, what's his with the yeah, sunglasses? Yeah. What's yes. his name with the hat? And I the think sunglasses? It, I think it might actually it might be, be Claude. Claude, right? He's probably probably based him. on this guy. Yeah, yeah. And he was imagine how t- tough it was for him because he doesn't even have legs. Right. But he was exactly. a, he was a hero that day. I believe also Funky he has a Claude. trumpet. I believe he has a trumpet attached to one of his hands, also making it difficult for him really to pull tough. people out. Really tough. He's yeah. got his hands tied behind his back kind of with that. Uh, yeah, no. Funky Claude was a real person. Again. Okay. No symbolism involved. Just mm-hmm. Claude. Yeah, well. Um, I'm not going to tell you Was right he now. in the Mothers of Invention or- No, you he was in neither that. of those things. Okay. But, I, All right, I, but I'll tell you who he is. We're going to save. We'll save it. We'll save it. I got to okay. save something for the behind the story. So Funky Claude was running in and out, pulling kids out out the ground, which is definitely what they say. 
yes. pulling kids out the ground. That means nothing. No. Okay. It could mean pulling like pulling kids to the ground. That that at least would mean something like he's not yanking them out of the ground like carrots, right? I know what they're trying to say. <laughs> I know what they're trying to say that he's running in and out of the building pulling people out. Right. Which is heroic I of mean, whoever this very funky person is. Yeah. But the phrase pulling kids out the ground doesn't mean anything. Not really. But, I, I mean, unless it's that, you know, things were falling on them and they were pulling them out of the, like, rubble, maybe they mean that? I guess, maybe. Again, yeah. it's one of those things that in the context of the song, when you're going down the highway, blasting it, it makes total sense. Yeah. But in when you're just looking at the lyrics, you're like, what? I, what, the, what is that supposed to mean? Yeah. It's it's like a dialect thing. It's like how things are different in sound different depending on the dialect or means different things right. depending on the dialect. This is like a rock dialect. When you just speak it, it doesn't mean anything. But when <laughs> right. you sing it in like a heavy metal sound, you're like, oh, mm-hmm. yes, I know exactly what that means. I'm sorry. You just needed to enunciate <laughs> it di- differently. You needed to like put the emphasis on something else. And when you've got that really cool guitar part going on at the same yeah, time. Absolutely. It helps. Here's the last thing on this part that, again, I've heard this song a thousand times, and this has never occurred to me, and I cannot believe it has never occurred to me, is when they're like, he's pulling kids out. Just, just this evening, I was just like, oh, yeah, this would have been, like, real dangerous. Yeah. There was a people, people that was burning down. Because I've always thought of it like they're playing this concert, and there's this fire, and you imagine this, like, burning and the smokes in the water is like oh this must have been awesome <laughs> like what is this is like this crazy rock and roll event and you're like oh no people like i mean i don't know if anyone died it was a but i would not be concert. surprised if like yeah if there's like a crazy concert happening there's this giant venue full of people and then just starts burning yeah. down that would have been horrible my god yeah yeah no okay. this is a song about a tragedy <laughs> <laughs> i know um well Keep that in mind for a little bit later. Yes. Yeah. Because oh. Deep Purple has a bigger tragedy that they're yeah. dealing with. <laughs> yes, that's true. Namely, their album might be late. Right. <laughs> that's yes. really the, what they're mostly <laughs> that's concerned about. That's their focus. This in about one line, in <laughs> one line from now, yeah. they ignore completely what has just happened and they are all about Deep Purple. So keep in mind, a man named Funky Claude is running in and out of a building, dragging people through rubble to save their lives, okay? Okay. A, a, a true hero of the country of Switzerland, okay? Um, I assume there is a statue of him uh, somewhere in Switzerland FYI, he looks exactly like Freddie Mercury. It's weird. Um, <laughs> so he's pulling kids out of the building. The next line is, when it was all over, we had to find another place. <laughs> <laughs> That's their big concern. That they had to find another place to record because, you know, it kind of smelled like smoke uh, <laughs> around. And they couldn't really record in, in, in their truck anymore. That was outside of a casino for some reason. They're like, Claude, Claude, you got this? Where are we going to record? Claude, you okay? <laughs> you need a water or something? I, I, we got it. We've got bigger fish to fry, Claude. I mean, that's not the right term to use for this, right. but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. But we are under just, the gun. Uh, Claude is literally pulling 
like, you know, unconscious bodies out of a burning building. They're like, Hong Kong, see you later, Claude. We got to go find somewhere else to, to record. Good job, though, buddy. See you later. Play, blast the horn again for Claude. Thank you, Claude. Uh, uh. Um, so we had to find another place. But Swiss time was running out. It seemed that we would lose the race. So, again, big problem is uh, they're going to run out of time to record yeah. their album. At, the, uh, at this point, the smoke. That's the tragedy yeah. they're worried about. At this point, it seems like the chorus is there just to remind Deep Purple that there had just been a fire. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, guys. Step, guys, step let's not eye, forget. Just so you remember. Let's not forget yeah, yeah. that, like, Frank Zappa was just almost in, consumed by fire. So. Hey. Never forget your album's release date. up at the grand hotel the broadway musical empty. yeah yeah they, they went took to in a, a broadway show. musical yep they took mm -hmm. in a show <laughs> sure big tommy tune sure. fans yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh it wasn't quite as good translated into swiss but otherwise uh it was good it was good uh, but the grandeur um, of it ah uh, no oh my god <laughs> so you're just there for the for the event of it you know you don't even care about the music Absolutely. at that point grand hotel is just about the fantasy of it all and you know mm. what? The choreography translates. Ah, uh, it really so. does. Yeah. Yeah. Are we done with this part? Because... Yep. Yep. Okay. That's fine. Um, <laughs> uh, I can't even, I have, I can't even participate. I have no idea what, <laughs> what Grand Hotel is about. So, and don't tell me, don't tell me, don't tell me. Okay. So we ended up at the Grand Hotel. It was empty. The hotel is a character in the play. Oh, it's almost like New York is a character. We ended up. <laughs> At the Grand Hotel. It was empty, cold, and bare. Oh, boo, boo. <laughs> hey. Hey, hey, hey. Here's a, here's a big positive of the Grand Hotel, Deep Purple. It's not currently on fire. <laughs> okay? Not everything smells like smoke unless you're smoking. Oh, my God. Um... So yeah, so they're not quite as excited about that. I, why is the Grand Hotel empty and cold and bare? Is it just like no one there? Did they? Oh, wait, did they? It's did under they construction. Go to, <laughs> did they go to the hotel? Did they go to the hotel from The Shining? Because yep. that was a mistake. I'm going to say oh. that. You know what? That though? closes for the winter. It happens. Yeah, it, absolutely. It's going to happen. It's, it's like the old saying: every now and then, you end up at the hotel from The Shining. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. What if the what if this verse was all about how they pulled up to the hotel, and then Scatman Crothers was murdered, and then Jack Nicholson and then Jack Nicholson was chasing his son through a, through yeah. a maze, and they were like, "Well, I guess we gotta go. <laughs> we gotta find a third place now." Ugh! All these ghosts from a 1915 uh, New Year's Eve party kept bothering us. We'll never get this record done. Oh, everything happens to Deep Purple. <laughs> 
Uh, so they're at the Grand Hotel. It was empty, cold, and bare. But with the rolling truck stones thing just outside making our music there, what in yeah. the what? I never knew so, that that was what the lyrics were. Yeah. So they're just sort of playing with it. The, the mobile studio they used was yeah. they, they borrowed from the Rolling Stones. So it's literally like the Rolling Stones, like mobile studio that they used. Right. They parked it outside the Grand Hotel. Again, and they... no subtext. <laughs> <laughs> well, I kind of like, because it's like, because they're the Rolling Stones, right? Right. And, they're, and it's, it's almost, but not quite, but almost a joke to be like, oh, the rolling truck, because the truck rolls. Mm-hmm. Right, so it's like the rolling truck stone thing. So you're like, oh, okay. No, wait, that actually didn't make sense. You, you, for a no. split second there, I thought you were doing something, but then I don't know what that's supposed to mean. At the time, Mick Jagger had a um, car dealership. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, he did rentals. Yep, that's right. Um, he, but he mostly, always... it was certified pre-owned uh, recording studios. Here's the thing: all of our all of our vehicles come standard with a studio in it. So yeah. that just comes standard <laughs> from the dealership. That's the thing. One of the guys with Deep Purple just bought a car and this from Mick Jagger's <laughs> used car lot. And they're like, hey, guess what? It just happens to have a we can We can drive all over Switzerland with this thing. That's right. And Look, if you buy the mobile studio, mm-hmm. I will throw in the reel-to-reel tape. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Oh, how many boxes? Look, One box. I'm running a business here. Come on. <laughs> okay, fine, fine. You get the magnetic tape and the undercoating, okay? But that's my final offer. That's it. That's it. And one spritz of new studio smell. <laughs> uh, you want two boxes of tapes? All right, hold on. I got to go talk to my boss. And then he walks in. And they have a fake pantomime conversation where the boss acts all angry. And he goes, all right, all right. He agreed to it. He but- wasn't happy about it. <laughs> Mick Jagger over there wasn't too happy about it. <laughs> nope. Look, this is coming out of my bonus, but <laughs> uh so where was I? Oh yeah. So they got the truck. Uh they're making our music there. Okay. With a few red lights and a few old beds. Okay. So I know a I know a bed. A bed is like the reel-to-reel thing, right? That's like a bed, right? Uh, I, I, I I've wrong? got no idea. I assumed it was just actual oh, okay. beds because they're in a hotel. No, no, no. Oh, mate, but what's a few red lights mean? Uh, again, red lights? I don't know. I assume they were red lights. Again, not much subtext, so I just assumed there were <laughs> red lights in old beds that they were kind of making their, at, like a makeshift studio, so they were like putting beds on the wall. <laughs> now I'm thinking about it. It seems ridiculous, but my thought thought was that they're like putting beds against the wall to like muffle sound and stuff in this hotel, and the red lights are just like to be like we're recording. It's the r- recording yeah. light. I think mood so lighting. I think I yes. think the red light is the recording light, and and traditionally, whether it's not the like don't come in, we're recording light, or like just the light on the on the machine. Right. Traditionally, there'd be a red light that meant recording. Um. And you'll you'll now still see that on like your cell phone when you record a video. It, it's right, like right. a red thing. Because anyway, um, I think the beds means the real to real tape recorder. So they have a few okay. old lights, 
few red lights, a few old beds. We made a place to sweat. Okay. So now they are they have gone down to the fitness center in the yeah. in the hotel. Oh, maybe right? they built they just this is a song about people who build recording studios in the unlikeliest of places. And <laughs> Hold they on. decided to build a recording studio in a sauna. I would watch that I wanna say I would watch that TLC show. Yes. World's totally. un- World's unlikeliest recording studios. That's right. Yeah. In fact, Hold on, I'm going to pitch it right now. Okay, I got picked up for 12 episodes. So, great. <laughs> and it's already on. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> they, How is that possible? TLC's turnaround is real fast, you guys. Good news, you guys. <laughs> we got renewed for six seasons. <laughs> Oh, my God. I don't understand how the third episode is currently airing, but all right. <laughs> okay. So we made a place to sweat. I mean, this is where they're going to work. Right. Right. Um, no matter what we get out of this, I know, I know we'll never forget. Listen, he says, ha, I know, I know, we'll never forget. You can't leave yeah. that ha out because Sorry. the whimsy that they end this on <laughs> is great. Ha! It's like, ha, I know, I know, I we'll, know, never know we'll never forget. The smoke on the water and the fire in the sky. That's what they'll never forget is that, oh, man, remember when that giant casino burned down? Hilarious. <laughs> um, but the important, thing is, the important thing is we got the album done on time. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's the moral of the story. Um, and and so, here it is, dear listener. <laughs> was this, Rachel, I'm going to ask you one question because yes. this would be interesting. And, and I, I assume you know. If I don't, we're going to cut this part out. Was this, was this song written for the album that they were recording? Like, is this on the album that they were recording when this happened? Yes, it is. Okay, so this is like a up-to-the-minute yes. like, report <laughs> yes. on what happened. Yeah. yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is one hand on a microphone, one hand on an earpiece going, um, I know we'll never forget. <laughs> Smoke on the water, fire in the sky. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, let's talk about Expanded Universe. Expanded Universe! I will say, I mean, obviously, let's just get the, the, the easy ones out. Yeah. Obviously, C.W. McCall is driving the truck. Yeah, of mm-hmm. course. Right? Talking to his, you, his convoy friends. You know who was at that concert? Mm-hmm. Sonny. Yeah. Oh, 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 sure. Yeah. Sonny definitely was at that concert, maybe with a well, flare gun. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? Um, I mean, she had a list of names, and apparently Frank Zappa uh, <laughs> was on, was that, on list. that list. She's going to burn it down, baby. That's right. Well, the song starts, Sonny came home from a Frank Zappa concert. <laughs> mm. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? What else? I don't, we, I don't can't think of any songs that take place in Switzerland, right? I think we might have to... Say that one. I don't think we have any s- I mean, s- songs. Yeah. Maybe the Monster Mash? <laughs> that castles in Switzerland? <laughs> sure. Why not? I mean. Why not? Well, I'll tell you this. I just never knew that Shantytown was on Lake Geneva's shoreline. Who knew? Who knew? Who knew, but it makes total sense. I mean, come yeah, on. Yeah. It's got to be. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Hmm. That's all I've got. I just had Sunny. That's all I have. 
Yeah. I mean, again, it's a little hard to do Expanded Universe since this is a song that actually happened. <laughs> so. Listen, all you need to connect it is one thing, and we have right. two. Oh, absolutely. C.W. McCall You're right. and Sonny. You're That's totally, true. You're totally Come right. on. Yeah, yeah. You don't but need I'm just saying, this, this doesn't take place in the story song Expanded Universe because it, it happened in our in reality. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Yes. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It brings a little bit uh, of reality to the story song universe. Or this the story, story song con- universe into our reality. Right. Uh this story connects to every historical event ever because uh <laughs> it happened in reality. Yep. Uh, I mean, we could say this. Mm-hmm. That everybody in the story song expanded universe knows this song because it actually happened. Right. There you yeah. go. So therefore, it is connected to every song. There you go. There you go. I love it. Beautiful. Uh, all right. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk about the history of this song, uh, which will be interesting because we already kind of did that. But uh, no, we'll talk about the history of this song <laughs> uh, when we come back with Story Behind the Story. Hey, gang. Some folks out there have reached out to us with alternate theories on some of the story songs that we've covered or story song expanding universe connections that maybe we missed. And let me tell you, we love getting those messages. For our New Year's special, we're putting out the call. If you think we were wrong in one of our interpretations of some of the lyrics or there was just a topic that maybe we didn't talk about or you, you wanted us to talk about more or you just have a question, please go to our website, storysongpodcast.com and then click on contact. You can also contact us through Twitter, which is story underscore song or Instagram, which is story song podcast or Facebook, which is the story song podcast. Wherever you want, whatever's easiest for you, reach out to us. We'll gather them up, and we definitely want to talk about them on our annual New Year's show. So however you reach out to us, please do. We can't wait to hear from you, and we can't wait to talk about it. All right, welcome back. It's time for story behind the story. How did this story come to be? And uh, I feel like we already touched on this since it's, yeah, a, it's a true, true story. story. <laughs> it was hard to avoid. Uh, but Rachel, I'm sure yep. you have so much more to tell us. I mean, I do. The song <clears throat> Smoke on the Water by Deep Purple. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you to do that. <laughs> Thank you, Dan. Now. Well, um, well, um, Smoke on the Water was released May 1st, 1973. Mm-hmm. Um, it was written, uh, according, uh, to what I found. It was written by Richie Blackmore in Ian Gillian, Roger Glover, John Lord, and Ian Pace, also known as Deep Purple. Yeah. Uh, I guess they shared they shared everything. Uh, they they shared the uh, songwriting on everything. I mean, I'm going to assume, and I'm sure you'll tell me this, but I'm sure this was written very fast, yes. right? Because it was literally based <laughs> on the thing that had just yes. happened. Yeah. So I'm sure they just kind of like banged it out. Right. Write it while you still remember it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And now I'll tell you the backstory. So we all came out to Montreux on the Lake Geneva shoreline to make records in a mobile. It's yeah. It's the same as the lyrics, basically, the backstory. Um, but anyway, the uh, the the song did uh, very well on the, on the Billboard charts. It hit um, number four on the Hot 100, uh, number three on Cashbox, and it was number 50 on the year-end charts. 
It also charted in Canada and the UK singles. Hit number two in Canada. Wow. Did better in Canada than in the US, but you know. I mean, the one thing I want to say about Deep Purple, yeah. before we get too far, is uh, what's amazing is that they would have been considered heavy metal mm-hmm. at the time, which is hard to believe now because even a label like Hard Rock, which is like, it's kind of like heavy metal, but not as much, uh, seems like too much for them. I just, just my point right. of how the, the genre of heavy metal has evolved. Well, I think it's interesting because I think Deep Purple is known so much for Smoke on the Water, mm-hmm. but they are prolific. And this actually is from their sixth album yeah. called Machine Head, which sort of started their change from a funkadelic like a psycho funkadelic oh. band to like a psychedelic funko psycho funkadelic <laughs> sounds like <laughs> sounds like some sort of psychiatry sure um but they uh from from a uh sort of a psychedelic bow, 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 bow. <laughs> tell me about your mom bow. tell me about your mom like mm-hmm. like that. um and slips to do <laughs> to, anyway this is their sort of transition into a more hard rock uh hard hard rock sound sure but we'll get into that a little bit later. This stayed on the charts for 16 weeks. It was mm-hmm. very, it was very big. Uh, and the t- the week that it hit number four, the number three was Shambhala by Three Dog Night. Crazy. Number two was Yesterday Once More by The Carpenters, and number one, Bad Bad L- Leroy Brown Oof. by Mr. Jim Croce. That is a really good week. That's a good week. That's a good week. You, yeah. you know my love for Shambhala. Oh, so, yeah. Come I on. love all those songs. So as we spoke about, this is a true story. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in 1971, Deep Purple were in Montreux, Switzerland. That checks out. Yeah. Uh, they were recording the <laughs> album Machine Head. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they were recording using a mobile studio right. in a truck that they rented from the Rolling Stones. And they were staying at the entertainment complex next to the casino. Uh, next to the Montreux Casino, and Frank Zappa and the Mothers. It is literally like, I'm, I might as <laughs> right. well sing this, and it, it is the song. Um, but basically what happened was, in the middle of the show, some fan shot off a flare gun, for reasons Why? I do not know. Why? And this, the thing is, the ceiling of the casino was made of, like, of wood. It mm-hmm. was like rattan wood. And it caught fire real quickly. Yeah. The... Uh, there were no serious inju- injuries, which is really amazing, I think, yeah. because uh, they acted very quickly. So no serious injuries. So, you know, we, we could have laughed a little bit more at it. <laughs> I mean, I guess it, it was still a tragedy because this casino burnt down completely. Right. Uh, and smoke rolled over, the, over Lake Geneva. Mm-hmm. So there was smoke on the water. <laughs> and there was also fire in the sky. Uh-huh. I feel like we've done this before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's, what was, is there any information as to why they were in Switzerland recording their album in a giant truck? Like, why aren't they in a recording studio in, I don't know, Los Angeles, like everyone else would be? Like, why was this happening? But we spoke about this. We said, I mean, for some reason, Montreux is a music sort of hub. Right. Queen. Queen did a did an album there. They it's, did a lot of albums a, there. Yeah, it's a place that they do. It's just one of those places. It's like Abbey Road. It just happens to be like right. one of these places. But Let why me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
were there no actual recording studios? Yeah, why a truck? Like, <laughs> that's what we're asking. Guys, I don't know. Okay. I, I don't know. I'm not very good I'm at just, this. I was just curious. No, th- I, I, it didn't say. I think it was probably just a kicky little thing. The Rolling Stones had a truck. If you're okay. deep purple and you get to record <laughs> sure. in a truck that the Rolling Stones have, I mean, come on. Why not? And you get to humble brag about it on a, on a song? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, geez, our lives are so hard. We have to use the uh, mobile recording studio of the Rolling Stones. Yeah. I mean, I guess. It was if tough. If that's the best we got. Mm. Good thing Ooh. that casino caught on fire. Otherwise, the uh, song about the mobile recording studio that they rented from the Rolling Stones would have been <laughs> yeah. real boring. That's no. right. That's right. So- uh, so since obviously they were pl- they were staying at the complex, so they were recording in the in the truck, staying at the entertainment complex, okay, which basically like was taken over by smoke. They were very upset, and they had to find another place to record and stay. Right, sure. So they had a lot of difficulty. So they were running out of time, much like the song. Yeah, <laughs> and they tried different places. They originally started recording in a um, theater called the Pavilion. But they, there were apparently some complaints, and they got kicked out from there. Okay. And then finally, after a week, and shortly before they left Switzerland, they rented out a, the empty hotel, Grand Hotel de Terriette, okay. uh, where they recorded this album. Um, the entire album, uh, Machine Head, was recorded at the Grand Hotel, except Smoke on the Water, which was recorded at the Pavilion and the Grand Hotel. Okay. So interestingly enough, they got kicked out of the Pavilion, but Smoke on the Water was recorded mm-hmm. there. Well, because the people at the Pavilion song. were like, we can't get that riff out of our heads. Yeah. It's, it's so good. It's driving us crazy. <laughs> you gotta go. <laughs> it's all I can hear now. <laughs> Three o'clock in the morning, I'm up going, uh, 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 But actually, to, to Michael's point of they must have been just like wanted to get everything out immediately the fact that they recorded smoke on the water at the pavilion means that they recorded it early on because they got kicked out of the pavilion right and ended at the grand hotel so they were like they basically the fire was still going on (laughs) and they were like let's get out of here get like i don't know a mile away watch the smoke on the water and write a killer song that is going to last (laughs) through the ages yeah uh, and that's what they did. Funky Claude, you what? What Dan? Oh, I just want to say, say the album Machine Head has a song called Space Trucking, mm-hmm. which is about truckers in outer space. That's right. That's all I just wanted. To that's say right. That. That's right. It's also the name of the company that they rented their mobile recording studio <laughs> well, just, from. Yes. They had truck driving on the brain, apparently, <laughs> yeah, because yeah. they were in a truck. <laughs> yeah. And they were like, "What if this truck?" Was in outer space. I think it would go a little something. I think. I, I think this whole album is this them just looking at stuff around them, being like, mm, "This song is about uh, yeah. a bed." Yeah. This song is about this pencil. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. Uh, Funky Claude. Yeah. Does exist. Funky Claude was Montreux Jazz Festival organizer Claude Knobs who raced in and out of the casino and helped concertgoers out to safety. Yeah, good. So he was there. He was he was real funky. Nice. A funky hero. <laughs> <laughs> um, Claude, we salute you wherever you are. Uh, that's right. So obviously we have to talk a little bit about the guitar riff because mm-hmm. it is very famous, and it is placed at uh, on the top of many, like, like lists of best riffs of all time, including number two on guitarplayer.com's top 50 
number four on and number four on Total Guitar Magazine's top fifty. Okay. I mean, it's great. Yeah, yeah. It's great. Um, I think there's a few that like are a bit above it, like obviously like um Stairway to Heaven. Sure. A, that riff is but I, I kinda like this one better because it's so succinct, you know, like I mean they they also stole the the uh, Stairway to Heaven one, but we'll... All right, let's not get into that. Let's not get into that. I'm just saying. Just saying. Who'd they steal that from? Oh, a band... What's the name of the band? Mystic or something? Yeah. Something like that. Anyway, they're on tour with another band that has song that has the exact same riff, and then they came out with Stairway to Heaven, and the other band was like, hey, that was our riff, and they were just like, I don't know what you're talking about. I've never heard (laughs) it before. And you were like, you literally stood on the side of the stage while we (laughs) played it. Obviously, you heard it, whatever. Anyway, it was a whole thing. Yeah, it was a whole drama. It was a oh whole, my God. Uh, uh, homeroom they, they could not stop, stop talking about. Talking about it. about it was a it. thing. You, oh, know, you know how crazy Lord. girls get, anyway. Unbelievable. So Richie Blackmore claimed that the main riff is actually a backwards interpretation of Beethoven's Fifth Symphony, oh. saying, I owe him a lot of money. Oh. So if you play it backwards, mm-hmm. it'll be nothing like Beethoven's Fifth <laughs> Symphony because he was lying, and it was it's very funny. Um, but it's still Meanwhile, out there. Meanwhile, the, Beto- the Beethoven estate heard that and yeah. they were like where's our money yeah they're yeah. suing him they've yeah. been suing him since since 73 yeah um in in 1973 since, 19... 1673. since yeah. <laughs> that's right that's right well, i was gonna say that and their uh their uh uh Case against the Bugs Bunny estate has been going on <laughs> yeah. ever since. They are just wrapped oh, up in God. litigation, <laughs> left and right. Unbelievable. Um, the the riff is so popular and famous that in 1994 in Vancouver, British Columbia, 1,322 guitarists uh, played the world famous riff at the same time to place in the Guinness Book of World Records. Uh-huh. And in 2007. It was topped in Kansas City with 1,721 guitarists. And then, less than a month later, in a German city, the group Party Blues of B-flat, with 1,800 people, topped that record. Wow. So they just, I mean, it just keeps on going, going, going. That seems like too much. Well, just wait for it. In 2009, in Poland... Three uh six thousand three hundred and forty six guitar players joined the Deep Purple guitarist at the time, Steve Morse. Uh, in they all performed the song at the Thanks Jimmy Festival. So that I guess now is the world record. Well, <clears throat> That's as far as I know. We know what we got to do. That's right. <laughs> I I refuse to believe there's six thousand guitar players in the world. I don't even think that's <laughs> possible. So that, the funny thing is they were all playing acoustic guitars, so it didn't it, really have the same effect. It didn't. It didn't. Yeah. I believe there are 6,000 guitar players in the world. Mm-hmm. They all have ripped denim jackets <laughs> and they're in 11th grade. Right. And they all think that, <laughs> that, that oh, Mrs. Lukert's homeroom <laughs> sucks. I was saying, Rachel has a crush on each and every one of them. <laughs> And I think they're all dreaming. And uh, here's the thing about all of them. Yeah. You don't understand their sound. Yeah. No, you don't get it, man. Uh, you would think that Montreux might not uh, appreciate a song about a tragedy in their town. Right. But they have actually embraced it. Uh, they have a sculpture that honors the song along their shore, mm-hmm. which is 
again, kind of weird. It's like <laughs> well, no one was hurt. No. And when the casino was rebuilt, the notes from the main riff have been used as decorations for mm. the casino. So they are they might as well call it the Smoke on the Water Casino. So some people have said that the song is kind of simplistic, that the riff is even simplistic, which it mm-hmm. is. It's not sure. it's not complicated, which is why eleventh graders all play it. Right. Uh but there's something about it. It's memorable. It's very memorable. So Ian Pace said ha, uh, was quoted saying, The amazing thing with that song and Richie's riff in particular is that somebody hadn't done it before because it's so gloriously simple and wonderfully satisfying. And which is true. You yeah. know, that's what it is. It's it's just because it's simple and just because, you know, it's it's not this insanely difficult thing. It doesn't make it any less impressive. No, sometimes know? less is more. That's right. Yeah. yeah. It's just... And simple doesn't equal bad. No, yeah. not at all. Like it, things can be simple or complicated and they can be good or bad. Right. Regardless of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all the songwriters, you know, sometimes we talk about these songs that are, you know, that people are that uh people are known for that maybe they have like a a difficult relationship with but all the songwriters all the deep purple um songwriters on machine head seem to have embraced the song and they play it during their solo shows and their side ventures so they've all embraced it they're okay with smoke on the water yeah which is great uh it was they're okay with the song they are not okay with setting casinos on fire Yes, they actually they start before they play this song. They say, "Listen, just to let you know, we're not we were not involved with this fire at all, but it makes for a good song." And the audience gets really into it, and they all set off flares. That's right. Um, yeah, it's beautiful but dangerous. Yeah, they are not invited to a lot of indoor concerts. No. <laughs> nope. No, a lot of outdoor festivals for them. Yeah, uh, smoke on the water was. N- Rated number 11 on VH1's 100 Greatest Hard Rock Songs of All Time. Uh, number 12 in Q Magazine's 100 Greatest Guitar Tracks. And number 426 on Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs of All Time. I think that's about right. That's about right. Yeah. yeah. No, you, you, if it was off of that list, I yeah. would be like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But if it was like number three, I'd say that doesn't <laughs> no, make any that's sense. A much. Well, you know, sense. it was uh, number one on that list of greatest hard rock songs of all time. What? Uh, I think I love you by the Partridge Family. Oh yeah, that thing is a rager. Yeah. Yeah, that is that's a killer, right there. Um, <laughs> it's their great hard rock band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, Bonaduce, a young Bonaduce. <laughs> Um, Real heavy metal. That's right. Uh, uses a lot of tambourine. That's right. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I mean, if you listen really closely, that song is about the burning of the library at Alexandria, yeah. so, <laughs> which Bonaduce was there for. Yeah, yeah that's he's, right. He's immortal. So. <laughs> um, so a little bit about Deep Purple. Uh, like I said, they are very prolific. So much like we say a lot. Um, I'll say what I can say about them, you know? Yeah. Uh, They were formed originally in London in 1968. And as I started to say, they were formed originally as a sort of a psychedelic prog rock band. uh, And they- I thought you were going to say wedding band. Yep. Yeah, that would be incredible. (laughs) They were a cover band. They played a lot of weddings. Yeah, they did. You know, a lot of ruffled, like, bow ties and stuff. No, they were a prog rock band. And they sort of played around with it for a couple of years. And then actually, I, I, 
I said that Machine Head was like their transition into hard rock. It wasn't really. Really what, what did it was their 1970 album Deep Purple in Rock. Almost okay. as if they were like, this is what we're going to do now. <laughs> this is, we are rock. They were announcing now. it. Now we are in rock. It started off with a different um, lineup, but the classic Deep Purple lineup and the one that played on Machine Head was John Lord, who played keyboards and uh, organ, Roger Glover, who played bass, Ian Gillian, who played, uh, who was vocals, Richie Blackmore on guitar, and Ian Pace on drums. So if you think that Deep Purple, starting off as a prog rock slash wedding band, was weird, <laughs> yeah. they actually started as a different band called Roundabout, which was a conceptual supergroup where the the whole concept of it was that band members would get on and off like a roundabout. So basically they would come and go mm. like Menudo, I guess. But but less like Menudo cuz they could apparently come back. Right. Uh but Yeah, then, Menudo you just went. Menudo, yeah, you yeah, were off you the aged roundabout. Out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The you diamond in your hand started blinking and <laughs> That's right. That's <laughs> right. Done. But uh, but yeah, so that was the it was a concept. It was like a conceptual supergroup that was put together by this producer, and they. But don't you have to be like a superstar to be in a supergroup? So I think that they they were people that were known. The supergroup were people that were known that were brought together, and they tried to get them back and forth, you know, in and out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it. They toured as uh, for a couple of years as Roundabout, but uh, then Richie Blackmore basically suggested the name Deep Purple. They were they were basically at that point they were the sort of one band, and they decided we don't want to do this anymore. And also let's change our name because Roundabout is a terrible name. Yeah. Uh, so they threw a bunch of names up on a board. Everybody suggested something, and Richie Blackmore suggested Deep Purple, uh, which was named after his grandmother's favorite song, Deep Purple. Uh, recorded in 1933 by composer Peter DeRose and lyrics added later by Mitchell Parrish in 1938. Okay. Yeah. That's fun. Isn't that fun? I love that. It's like her grandma's favorite song. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, I also like the name Roundabout. I think. For a prog rock band? For a prog rock or that turns into a heavy metal band? Yeah, it's cute. <laughs> This is a real kicky, kicky <laughs> name for a band, for a hard rock band. I think, I think if you want to be heavy metal, you gotta, you gotta have a cute name. Yeah, yep, like Black Sabbath. Hey guys, we're roundabout. <laughs> hey. Anyway, here's our song about death. <laughs> <laughs> so in 1968, they recorded their debut album as Deep Purple, Shades of Deep Purple. It included their first hit song, Hush. Which reached reached number four on the Billboard 100 and number two on the Canadian RPM. Uh, their follow up, The Book of Taliesin, didn't do as well, but it still cracked the top forty at number thirty eight, which was mm. great. Uh, by 1969, uh, their third album, Deep Purple, the band decided to go in a heavier direction, and then they decided to replace some of the original members who didn't really fit the the new sound. Which is mean. Ouch. It's like you guys aren't hard enough for me. <laughs> You're more psychedelic, you know. You wear a lot of tie dye. Doesn't work for me. Uh, so yes, they kick some people out. Can I also just say one thing? Yeah. Just to to put a, a fine point on it, their debut album was 1968. Their third album was 1969. Oh, so no, no wonder why they needed a mobile truck to drive around <laughs> and record. They must have been 
record like just constantly put recording and putting out albums. This is like this is insane. Oh, just wait, uh, oh, okay. Daniel. <laughs> just wait. Uh, the band. So in 1969, the band gained uh some publicity with Concerto for Group and Orchestra, which was a three movement epic, which was composed by John Lord as a solo project and was performed by the band at Royal Albert Hall in London with the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra. Mm-hmm. Um, it was one of the first collaborations between a rock band and, and an orchestra. Uh, some other ones were Days of Future Past by the Moody Blues and Five Bridges by the Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so after this album, they then released Deep Purple in Rock, uh, which finally crack, cracked the top 10 in the UK. And... Basically, this is what started the heavy metal genre with Led Zeppelin II and Black Sabbath's Paranoid. Mm. So that's why all these songs, all these songs, or, or all these albums came out in a similar time and had this sort of more heavy sound to them, and sort of solidified the uh, this new genre. Talking about recording Smoke on the Water, uh, Richie Blackmore said, "We did the whole thing in about four takes because we had to. The police were banging on the door." We knew it was the police. The band? Not the band. Oh. We, But we had such a good sound in this hall. We were waking up all the neighbors for about five miles in Montreux because it was echoing through the mountains. I was just getting the last part of the riff down. We just finished it when the police burst in and said, you've got to stop. Yeah. We had the track down. Wow. So I'm surprised it's as slow as it is, the riff. I think it would be... I mean, it's the Swiss police. What are they going to do? What are they going to do? Come on. What are they going to do? Open their little pocket knife and, yeah. like, give you a tweezer? Come, <laughs> yeah, on. come on. Come on. Give you a corkscrew? Ugh. Yeah. You know. Just saying. They're very handy. Yeah. Uh, the album became- They're going to bust in and be like, hey, we're neutral on this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, guys, <laughs> it's not us. Because <laughs> we're neutral. We don't take sides in this. But there's some other people. But not us, because yeah, we're, yeah. Swiss. <laughs> we're Swiss. We're Swiss. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Frank Zapp asked if you could keep it down in here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's dealing with some stuff. I don't know if you heard. <laughs> uh, so Machine Head became their second uh, UK number one, and it hit number seven in the US. It is also obviously their most famous album, and it is a classic heavy metal album. Uh, they, Like I said, they toured and recorded at a breakneck pace. Yeah. Six albums in three and a half years. I mean, that's insane. I is that a record? Six records. I knew you were going to say that. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> but that's a, lot of, that's a lot of albums. Yeah. And it's not like they were just like a double album. It was right. different albums. Yeah. Um, and well, they saw a lot of fires. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> and they didn't stop. In 1972, they toured Japan, and then they had the double album release of the tour, which was called uh, Made in Japan. It became a huge hit. It reached platinum status, and it still remains one of the highest-selling live concert records. So by 1973, and after the release of Who Do We Think We Are, which included the song Woman from Tokyo. I love that song. Great song. Great song. Uh, they were one of the top-selling artists of, uh, in the U.S., but tensions were growing high in the band. This is like the, the behind the music. Mm-hmm. But tensions were growing high in the band. Um, Up next. <laughs> and after a second tour of Japan, uh, Jillian quit. And shortly thereafter, Glover was released from the band. Mm. Uh, so the band continued to play with different lineups throughout the years. 
until a reunion of the most uh, of the most famous lineup in 1984 with the Perfect Strangers tour and album. So mm. between 73, 74, and 1984, they were still Deep Purple, but there were different lineups. Yeah. Yeah. So the original intention of having people come in and out of the group. It kind of worked. They sort of ended up doing. They were like, oh my God, we are the Roundabouts. Now we should yeah. just kept Roundabouts. So maybe Roundabouts why did we not... could have been a cute name. Yeah, why did we not keep this, the name Roundabout? Because that's yeah. what we're doing now. <laughs> we're roundabouting. Um, so anyway, in 1984, the Perfect Strangers Torn album came out. The album came, uh, <laughs> went platinum. Mm. What? Nothing. What are you giggling at? I would kill to see the Perfect Strangers tour. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cousin oh, Larry. <laughs> Why? Live on stage. You know what? They never went to Mepos. Yeah. So sad. <laughs> so sad they never toured at Mepos. Mm. Mm. It was rough. It was rough. Yeah. Behind the sheep curtain. <laughs> <laughs> um, the band, uh, and the band performed in this iteration and recorded until 1989 when, uh, uh, Jillian was uh, fired. No, uh, again? Again. Well, or he quit originally the first he time. quit. Originally he quit. Okay. Um, <clears throat> but since then, since 1989, the band has had different lineups again, and they record to this very day. Um, they have plans for a new covers album, Turning to Crime, which is set to be released this uh, November, November 2021. Okay. Uh, the only original member currently, I believe, is Ian Pace. Uh, and unfortunately, in 2012, John Lord passed away. Mm. Um, but the band has been hugely influential uh, on, most, uh, on most hard rock and heavy metal bands since then. Yeah. Uh, Guns N' Roses speaks highly of them. Metallica, all of the big, the big names yeah. uh, talk about Deep Purple as, as an influence. Um, but they were often overlooked for induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, people calling them one-hit wonders and things like that. They were nominated, uh, they, were, they were eligible in 93, mm -hmm. and they were nominated twice, but only starting, I believe, in 2012. Mm -hmm. But finally, after being nominated twice, they were inducted as part of the 2016 class in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, rightly so. And that is Deep Purple. All right. Nice. Nice. Yeah. 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 Yep. <laughs> Fire in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really. I, the, the one question I do have was like, was for years Frank Zappa being like, I didn't get anything out of that fire. I didn't write a song <laughs> about that fire. Man. And those guys were just in the parking lot. They weren't even part of <laughs> it. Jeez. You weren't even inside. I mean, Funky Club was pulling people out. They were <laughs> sitting there sipping tea, writing songs yeah. about what was going on. Jeez Louise. Ugh. Ridiculous. You yeah, know, man. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much for that. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk about the lesson we learned from this song with Lessons Learned. Hey, we're friends, right? Well, friend... Maybe you can do us a favor. Go on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. If you do, we'll read it on the show. It's just our way of saying thank you. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down the road and back again. 
Biggest gift, card attached, St. Olaf cheesecake, you know the rest. All right, we're back. It's time for lessons learned. What lesson did we learn from this song? Uh, let's start with Rachel. Rachel, mm-hmm. what lesson did you learn from this song? I learned that if you're in Switzerland uh, and you want a statue erected mm-hmm. of yourself and possibly okay. an entirely themed building for yourself, uh, go to an indoor concert with a flare gun and just see what happens. Because yeah. <laughs> you're probably going to get a, uh, a statue. Because no. that's that's what the Swiss like. <laughs> well, um, by the way, I forgot that did they they catch the guy who shot that flare gun? Oh, they did. They yeah. did. And yes. then they were just like, "Yeah, we're neutral about it." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Yep. Um. Well, coming off of that, I will say that there has been a uh, a lot of technical advances mm-hmm. in fire prevention. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the last 30 to 40 years, you know, and a lot of like public safety, like things are, you know, things are just built better now. Think about things mm-hmm. better. And it is killing rock music. You guys, <laughs> we have got to burn down more buildings. That's right. Let's have less safety. Mm. There's just random fires out of buildings. Think of all the great songs that have not been written <laughs> because buildings didn't burn down. When's Come the last, on. When's the last Build your concert the hall out of straw. <laughs> yes. what is saying. what you're saying. Absolutely. If Deep Purple and the Three Little Pigs have taught us anything, <laughs> it is that concert halls should be built out of straw. Yep. Definitely. I'm sure we're getting the right lesson out of both of those stories. <laughs> Michael, what'd you learn? I learned um, if you have a long weekend and feel like going on a road trip, <laughs> Mick Jagger can get you a real good deal on a, on a rental car, sure. van, <laughs> truck, uh-huh. recording yeah. studio. Yeah. Um, so yep. check out Mick Jagger's car rentals. That's right. Yeah. But he's going to try and upsell you on the insurance. Do not let him do Don't that. Don't get the insurance. Don't get the insurance. Get nice try, Mick Jagger. <laughs> he's like, oh, I really needed that 150 bucks <laughs> for the insurance. You're gonna wanna you're gonna wanna fill it up though before you return it. Otherwise, yeah. you're gonna. Oh, other than otherwise, he's gonna get Keith Richards on you. Yeah. yeah I was gonna say. Yeah, Richard's gonna Richard's gonna kill me that I didn't uh, get that insurance. <laughs> Uh, all right, well, guys, thank you so much for listening. This has been the Story Song Podcast. Follow us on the socials, like Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you could leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever your podcast, like, say, Podchaser, we would certainly appreciate it. You can also now find us on the Pantheon channel, the brand-new Pantheon channel on uh, Apple Podcasts, where you can find our show and all the other great shows on Pantheon. So thank you guys so much for listening. I'm Dan McInerney. I'm Rachel Oaks. And I'm Michael Cazell. We'll be back at you next time. Thanks for listening and goodbye. Bye. Our theme music was written and performed by Jason Flowers. Find him on Twitter at Jason Flowers with a Z. Some of our bumper music was provided by Purple Planet Music. Our logo was designed by Dan Geva. Be sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at story underscore song, and on Instagram at story song podcast. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcasts. The Story Song Podcast is a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Go to pantheonpodcasts.com. Thanks for listening. It's the Story Song Podcast. 
Hey, can I just say one thing for you to put into the thing? Yeah. Ready? Since 1873, Beethoven wasn't born in the 1600s. Okay. <laughs> I'm not smart. <clears throat> Listen, we all laughed at it like idiots, so it's fine. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.